Well, hello. What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is this is the NWA, the podcast or the show celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and of the greatest of all time. We're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance, obviously. And with me, as always, are my pals, my best of friends, as I say in that fancy commercial. Uh, there's Will Martin over there. Hey, Will. Howdy, everyone. Good evening. And arguing like only brothers can. Uh, here with me, as always, is the Dr. Rob Stinson. Hello, Doc. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. You don't have to start off with an attitude. I know, man. God. Your voice <laughs> <just> <laughs> good evening. Good evening. I said the man's head. All I said was good evening. All I said was good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I like so that. Mad. Can't even try and be civil here, man. Gosh. And thank you to everybody who's out there right now chatting in YouTube land. We appreciate every single one of you. We're grateful for you joining us. We're grateful for you watching NWA Power on Tuesday nights at 6.05. Being part of the hashtag NWA fam. Uh, special shout out to Mr. Joe Galley, who's in the chat. I saw him lurking around there as only a uh, reporter can. And uh, Rob, you're shaking your head. But the man gave us a huge shout out on the show tonight. And I want to say from the I, bottom of my heart that, Joe, we are grateful for you. Seriously, thank you so much for doing no, that. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate the shout-out. I said so much so on uh, on, uh, on on social media there today in the plain light of day for the world. I just don't have, like having the fake news media embedded in our show when we're here to talk free and, and open. All right. Got well, embedded reporters. We got embedded That's reporters in the chat. Uh, anyway. Uh, apparently there was some confusion on if I had hair and I do, I do in fact have hair. So Can't thank confirm. you for noticing, uh, everybody. I appreciate that. But seriously, thank you to everybody in the chat. We want to get to your thoughts on NWA power. We're going to run through the show first though. Talk about all that went on a lot, lot happened this week on the show and, uh, some, uh, some good and some just disturbing. So, uh, there's, there's plenty to discuss, but, uh, this show opened up this week with Joe Galley welcoming us. And telling us about breaking news, a brand new idea from William Patrick Corgan. Uh, it's a points-based tournament, and he's calling it the Champion Series. And uh, Rob, I see you shaking your head, but he said straight out, Aldis and Camille are involved, plus other champions and legends. More details to come. If they were available right now, Joe would have told you, that's what Joe does. So stay tuned because we're going to see what this is all about. Doc, what, what are you thinking already? You might want to go to Will first on this one, man. I'm going to tell you, we could be here for a while. <laughs> you might want to throw to Will first. I'm just going to warn you. Yep. Let me get my paragraph in and then Rob can talk for the rest of the hour. Um, all right. No, I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by this uh, concept of champion series, a points-based uh, system, as Joe Galley informed us at the top of the show tonight um it's 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 intriguing i don't know if it's going to be just the champions involved or if it's going to be more than that um we don't have a ton of informa information right now but he did say stay tuned to power and stay tuned to nwa social media um so i'm hoping over the next week or so we'll get some more details and um have some more answers but i'm definitely intrigued hmm let, 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 I'm going to give Will a pass because Will, you know, when it comes to certain things like SPO, uh, interwebs, <laughs> technology, uh, electricity, and things like that, he knows his stuff. But he's relatively the, new. He'll the be internet. the first to tell you. He, you have the, inter the internet. He's he'll be the first to tell you he's relatively new to the 
history, legacy, and tradition at the NWO. He is a, he's a welcome newcomer, and he's, he's growing. And I, I've just been so pleased to see him grow over the year, uh, plus that we've gotten to know each other and become brothers and all this. But, Gary, your capacity for naivety, for naivete, <laughs> astonishes me. Like you can sit there with straight face, like oh Joe Gelly with the point, you know, announcing a great uh, points-based system champion series, as though as though you don't know Joe Gelly's right there in the pocket of conspiracy Corgan, as you can't see the writing on the wall. You telling me there's not something to do? This is some this is some bunch of balderdashery right here. I'm gonna tell you, this is the conspiracy. This ain't the champion series. This is the conspiracy series, and it's got Irish Pat Kenny. Conspiracy Corgan and gerrymandered Joe Galley written all over it. And the fact that you can sit there with a straight face and be like, oh, this is really it. And then and then just feed it to feed it to Will. Will don't know any better, Gary. You don't know any better. He's just a baby. You, however, there's no excuse for that. There is no excuse. Uh first of all, that that impersonation of me was just I, I didn't appreciate that spot at all. On. That was just not I no, thought I, I thought on. you were that talking. I, I like looked away for a second. I was like, Gary jumping in? No. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'll tell you like my dad used to tell me, Rob. I wasn't looking to push your buttons. I was just trying to find the mute. That's what he used to tell me. <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, Classic. that's cute. That's clever, man. That's clever, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, I remember the first. So, I remember when I saw my first meme. <laughs> <laughs> that was Rob, earlier this week. Rob, you are a meme. <laughs> it's like when you look in the mirror, bro. That's 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 you, Joe Galley, Tim Storm, and Velvet Sky on the call as always. We open up with already in the ring, Lady Frost taking on Genocide uh, with Taryn Terrell accompanying her. Can't forget her. Uh, Y'all know how I feel about Jenna, future champ, obviously. So let me take a quick second here to tell you how I think about Lady Frost, and that is, I think she is fan. Fantastic. I thought she looked great against Genocide, uh, which is saying something because, as we know, Genocide could, she, she has the ability to plow right over you at any point. Uh, and I was going to put a snowplow uh, thought there, but I, I left it out because I already did the other dumb pun thing. Anyway, all right. One per night. Uh, yeah, just one per night. Anyway. So Lady Frost, what I was trying to get to is that I just think she's outstanding. She was really good in the ring. She, it's an already stacked women's roster, but it's so good to see Lady Frost as part of this. This women's roster in the NWA is ridiculous. And she took it right to genocide. Uh, outstanding athleticism. Uh, she looked like she had genocide for a little bit there, if not for Tara Terrell's involvement. So uh, anyway, that's I just wanted to get that out of the way. You know, I love some genocide, but Lady Frost just like blew me away here this this evening. And uh, unfortunately, she was not able to do quite enough to get over on genocide. But uh, it, it takes a lot. So, Will, what do you think about uh, genocide versus Lady Frost here? Uh, incredible match. I echo <clears throat> your sentiments about both these ladies. Um, have been a fan of genocide for the past year since. Um, I first, you know, was exposed to her and and have seen her in action over the past year. And Lady Frost, since she has entered the NWA, it's hard to believe, and you might have to fact check me on this, Rob, but she she doesn't have a win in the NWA yet, which is kind of hard to believe when you see her in matches like this. I know that uh, Taryn Terrell squeaked one out against her, um, and and now she's taken a loss to genocide, but 
one of the things that that stuck out to me during this match, and I think Tim Storm was even talking about it on commentary, Lady Frost is an incredible athlete. Um, and, and I think the same can be said for genocide, but I think we already knew that about genocide. And I think this is the first we're getting to see uh, Lady Frost really show us, you know, what she's capable of and what her skill level. And that was completely evident in this match, despite the outcome was that uh, Lady Frost is a force to be reckoned with. And it's just a, a similar story to a lot of our recaps of matches that involve genocide. And it's just her her size and her power was just too much to overcome in this match. And so Lady Frost didn't didn't get a victory. But I was thoroughly impressed with her athleticism, with her ability, and I really cannot wait to see more of her. And I'm looking for her to get that first win in the NWA. There, there are two different stories here. First, um, you, you cannot deny the intrigue and buzz surrounding uh, Lady Frost. I mean, this is someone who's hustled, who's worked hard, who's made a name for herself. And you have to look at, at the, uh, the hand that's been dealt her so far in the NWA. You're talking about genocide. You're talking about Taryn Terrell and say what you want about Joe Galley, which I do. He and Tim Storm and uh, Velvet Sky provide excellent commentary interchange on on. I, I love the little nuggets of knowledge that they throw up there about uh, Taryn Terrell's history and, of course, Lady Frost and this and that. They do a fantastic job. I cannot criticize that uh, one bit. And uh, as we said before in previous episodes here in the last couple of weeks, oh my gosh, what has happened? The NWA has always had great women's talent, but now I turn around and I look to my left and right. And I'm like, what in the world? They have the best women's roster perhaps in the entire world. Definitely the most interesting and intriguing uh, with two of the most intriguing talent out there in the world right now with genocide and, and lady frost <laughs> lady frost is, is, is going to be an, a factor. I promise you she's, she's come in. It's new terrain for her. She's had to deal with Taryn Terrell and, uh, and genocide. But I, I promise you, this is a woman who was born to be a factor, not just, to have her name out there, not just to be intriguing to look at in the ring. She she's going to be a factor in the championship picture. I promise you. You said something really interesting there, Rob, that I liked was, I mean, just talking about that roster. One thing about them is just in, it, it is intriguing. Like all of the different, the cast of characters that are in the NWA right now on that women's roster, just all different women with different styles and just different looks and just different abilities that they specialize in. It's just, it's kind of cool to see, that happened uh, on the roster. Now, uh, one person I was going to say that, you know, the one cool thing about them is they're all very, very serious and aggressive and prize fighters. That's what they all seem like until you get to somebody like Tara Terrell. Now, Tara Terrell to me is very interesting because she has, uh, you know, some people might call her aloof. I would say more devious. There's something, something else going on with Tara Terrell. And, and Galley was quick to jump on this this week just that what is exactly her motivation right now? What is she trying to pull off? As far as we know, she's still an active wrestler, uh, but she doesn't seem to be anxious to get in the ring. She would rather be the voice behind other people, uh, it seems like. So she's buddied up with genocide here. We've seen her do it previously, like being buddies with Camille. And now so she, she likes the bruisers, that's for sure. <laughs> the people that can... Uh, Pound the other women into the ground, so to speak. So, uh, Doc, I'm just curious with you. Like, what, what do you think about uh, Tara Terrell right now, and what do, what do you think her her ideas or motivations would be? 
Well, she's definitely associating herself with winners, uh, which is something that I, because I only associate with winners, which begs <laughs> the question of why am I on this show? Wow. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, man, and, and I'll see, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking around. I'm just joshing you. Um, Taryn Terrell, man, they're, they're, her, it just takes a simple Google search to find out what this woman has accomplished. Don't let the antics, don't let, um, She's she's very deliberate and intentional. That's all I'm going to say. Taryn Terrell is now and has always been deliberate and intentional. You're talking about a ring general, a multi-time world women's champion, and uh, she is very much aware and in charge and uh, in control of what she's doing and what in the narrative that she's building right now. Um, and you know you've got some. Big talents, huge powerhouses that she's associated with here as of late, including the Burke House Camille, are the, the holder of the Burke, and of course, Genocide. But the advantage that Taryn Trill has over both of them, shoot, maybe all of them except for maybe Melina and Mickey James and Velvet Sky, is experience. This is a seasoned veteran who knows this ring like I know the knob on the back of Petra's head. You know what I mean? I mean, she knows exactly what she's doing. So do not sleep on Taryn Terrell. Will, when we talk about Taryn Terrell, I mean, one thing that Rob mentioned there was that not only her partnership she's made previously with Camille, she's also had a partnership with, uh, now obviously with Genocide. And what's interesting about that is uh, Genocide keeps winning right now. And uh, Genocide looking good. Now she did, uh, I think she... She wasn't pinned or submitted, but she she missed out on the pinfall in that one triple threat she was a part of. So she hasn't won every match, but when it's been one-on-one, -on -one, Genocide has proven herself to be pretty unstoppable, which means that you would potentially think that she would be on a collision course with Camille again at some point. Uh, what 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 do you feel about that? What do you think happens there? Because you got Genocide out there buddying up like this is the champ. Do you think that's a ploy, or do you think I mean, do you have any ideas what what could be going through her head there? Uh, I don't know. I still have a lot of questions surrounding this partnership with Taryn Terrell too. I don't really know how this came to be. Um, what transpired behind the scenes to have them partner up. It seems totally random. That's not to say, you know, it's not really smart on the part of Taryn Terrell or Genocide. I mean, uh, Genocide may clearly recognize exactly what Rob's talking about, that Taryn Terrell is somebody that you you want to associate yourself with because of that experience and because of that awareness and and stuff like that. But, you know, there there's we we go back to last season on power and yeah, you had Taryn Terrell and, and Camille, um, you know, buddying up and, and um, talking and doing some promos and things together. Um, and then fast forward to this season of power and Taryn Terrell has moved on to, to genocide. She definitely backs winners. Rob's right about that. And, uh, but I don't know how this partnership came to be. So there's a lot of questions about that. Um, but when it comes to your question about, you know, genocide, the, the Burke, the women's world uh, championship, um, her trajectory is certainly headed that way. Uh, she's had her hand raised. I feel like the most times uh, in the past month or so on NWA power and she's, she's headed that way. She's definitely a, a formidable you know, contender for that title, but I don't know if she, if, if her, getting involved in that coronation a few weeks ago. I don't know if that was respect, if that was just her asserting herself and making sure she was on Camille's radar or what. But the fact remains that 
we are talking about her in this conversation. So she's doing something right. She's putting herself in the right position. And whether that has to do with Taryn Terrell, whether that has to do with herself, regardless, we're having this conversation right now. So she's doing something right. That's a that's a great way of putting it. And I part of me has to wonder too is like if you're Taryn Terrell right now and you realize the landscape that you're that's in front of you as far as this amazing women's division that you have, uh, you know, Doc mentioning that experience. Uh, I mean, that part of that might be like how do you leverage uh, everything in your favor? And if you got a big powerhouse up top, maybe having a big powerhouse in your corner. Uh, that could, I don't know. I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't know uh, what Taryn Terrell's thinking in the back of her mind, but could she be plotting uh, to get further up the ladder herself? That would be an interesting idea to think about. Uh, let's see. So uh, I did see one tweet today right before I came on, though, that said uh, that Frost would have won the match had the intro theme not been into the fire. And that rattled her. And so I enjoyed that tweet. So whoever that was, if you're here watching right now, thank you for that. I, 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 I chuckled a bit to myself. All right. <laughs> Rob hates me so much. I can just see it in your eyes, Rob. Um, nah, I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was cute. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. Uh, May Valentine's in the back or oh, not in the back. She's at ringside with Sal Renaro. Uh, and Danny deals uh, obviously also there. Uh, she's very excited for him as she should be. And you can tell these guys are pumped up too. Sal's well aware of the Pope's legacy. Uh, but as he points out, uh, all it takes is three seconds. He just needs to be better than Pope for three seconds. And you can tell there's a lot of emotion here out of Sal. And, uh, so that all be fantastic. And you'd look forward to a TV title match here. If not for the fact that all of this was interrupted by Colby Carino, of all people. And uh, Colby, as we saw, was in that high-voltage match uh, with Sal and uh, PJ Hawks. Fortunately, came up short there, so Sal's getting this opportunity. Apparently, Colby's not letting that go. And uh, he attacks Sal from behind and uh, just throws him against the stairs, pummels him around. May's freaking out, calling for security. Colby's mocking her, drags Sal up onto the apron and blows May a kiss before delivering what seemed to be some variation of a brain buster right there off the side of the ring onto the floor and just ugly, just devastating. Like you, nobody wants to be on the other end of that move. And uh, well, when we come back, we find out that the TV title match we'd all expected is off. Sal is now injured. So, uh, Doc, I'm curious, what what were your thoughts during this whole uh, incident? Uh, man, I've got a million thoughts racing through my head right now. Um, it was scary. It looked uh, – <laughs> I don't like to see – I mean, look – I've got my opinions about people. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. And, uh, and Kobe Procrino just came in and, and seems to have on the one hand, he's carrying this, this mantle of being the son of a former NWA world's heavyweight champion. But then on the other hand, he, he seems to show complete contempt for everybody, um, including Sal Renaro, PJ Hawks. We've heard in the past and this and that, but you know who he reminds me of, and you might appreciate this Gary, uh, you ever heard of a man named, uh, uh, from, from a cinema shock standpoint, you ever heard of a man named Billy Chapel? You know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Chapel. Uh, what was he? 
He is the pitcher, the character in this in the movie for Love of the Game, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, I knew it was a baseball movie, and, but I couldn't remember what. And I, I don't want to belabor this point too much, but but this reminds me a lot of not Billy Chappell, but Billy Chappell's 27th batter that he faces, Ken Strout, in that movie. Billy Chappell's going through this amazing story. He's pitching a perfect game, the hardest accomplishment in baseball. Baseball and wrestling are so intertwined, guys. It's it's amazing. But he gets to the 27th batter. They, they pull the guy on deck out, put Ken Strout in. And why is that dangerous? Because Ken Stroud is young. Ken Stroud, maybe he might be the son of a ball player or whatever. Maybe he was raised by his parents learning the game, but he doesn't appreciate truly the history of the business. And that is what makes Kobe Carino a particularly dangerous person. He's young. He may be a blue chip prospect. He may be royalty, a blue blood, but he doesn't understand the history. He doesn't know the history yet. It's going to come one day through a series of hard twists and turns. But right now, it's his rage, his anger, his intensity, his arrogance that's fueling him, and it's making him particularly dangerous. And that made for a scary, scary, scary event and altercation tonight with Sal Renaro. Yeah, well, I we we all happen to be at NWA Power at the the tapings here, and you know we 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 talk about this uh, real time. But I just want to say, like I I know just even that crowd in the room that that night, like that when this happened, when Colby drops out, it was silence. Like I, I it came across on TV, I think, but everybody thought like nobody knew what to do, nobody knew how to react. You see Kyle standing in the background, just Sal's his buddy. Like what? How do you react? Where do you go? What do you do? Do you run over there? Do you get involved? How do you even handle this? And uh, anyway, a scary situation. Will, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen uh, such an evolution of Sal Renaro over the past couple of seasons of power, and it's been really cool to watch and be a part of. And, you know, if you, if you caught high voltage last week, which was incredible, that triple threat match, and, and Sal earns – uh, a shot at the TV title and he's, he's completely elated. I mean, this is, he says 20 years of, of work that he's put in and this is going to validate it. And then to see that all kind of pulled out from under him by Colby Carino, who, who, as Rob mentioned, you know, he's, he's definitely got the ability. He's grown up around pro wrestling, uh, has a, a champion for, for a dad and, the credentials are there, but he's full of rage right now. And unfortunately, he's pointing that towards Sauronaro. And I don't know exactly why that is. Uh, he came out a few weeks ago and told Sal he was standing in his way. Uh, you know, his rise to the top, I guess he's got his sights set on that TV title too, is kind of his way in to get to the 10 pounds of gold, which is what he wants ultimately. But it was just really unfortunate. I mean, I was really looking forward to a match between uh, Sauronaro and, and Pope, which I assume is still going to happen at some point, but we don't know, you know, exactly Sal's condition or when that match is going to happen. We just know it's been postponed, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous situation and Colby Carino has, uh, you know, basically pushed his way into the NWA this, this season and is making his presence extremely felt um, to everyone, but, but especially Sal Renaro. Um, so yeah, it was just a really tense situation and I don't know if there's going to be any repercussions. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I think it's safe to say that, you know, Sal Renaro and, and Colby Carino have not 
seen the last. We haven't seen the last of the two of them going at it because I feel like at least when Sal gets on the mend, he's probably going to be coming back and and trying to settle the score. For better or worse, I think for me, what I see with Colby is, um, you know, I had the opportunity, luckily, after his first appearance, if you guys haven't seen it, was on the Circle Squared back uh, on one of those episodes he participated in a match against, uh, uh, why did I just forget his name? Uh, the veteran, the old Wiley veteran. Uh, oh, uh, George South, right? George South. Yeah, got it. Just hit me. George South. So anyway, he took on George South right in the middle of the ring and uh and that was a it was a fantastic match. But that Colby Carino, by the way, was a totally different Colby Carino than what we're seeing today. And uh, I had the opportunity to interview him. It's on our podcast feed. This is Pro Wrestling. Uh, you could check that out, or maybe I should post a link. But my point being is that Doc, you do mention the experience thing, but Colby's a young, young guy. But I will say this: he's been doing this for a little while now, and he's already had his ups and downs. He's had his struggles, his struggles with addiction and this sort of thing that he's bounced back from and he's come in here and he takes this very seriously and he knows who his father is he knows i mean as far as like what he represents and where he, he holds a place in history and so i think that kobe feels the pressure of history on himself like a little bit so i would argue that 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 he does recognize it a little bit that there's a weight there on him and um i think that he struggles to kind of reconcile like how he gets there from here. And unfortunately, as you guys pointed out, he's using that anger and that emotion and rage. And I think for a guy like him, what happens is he comes in and he sees like, listen, we all love Sal. Everybody loves Sal. Uh, but Sal's a little more goofy in his attitude, having fun. You know, he's happy and, and go lucky. And Kobe does not take, this is that sort of business, I don't think. He sees a guy like Sal Renaro earning a title shot, and I think that that frustrates him. And he's not the kind of guy that wants to be frustrated right now, and he's taking out his anger and frustration on Sal Renaro. At least in my opinion, that's that's where he's coming from. And uh, and anyway, so dangerous, just like you guys said, but I, I, I would add, I think that there there is some experience behind it, that he's even more dangerous because of it. Uh, after we uh, come back for the break, uh, you know, and, and Kyle lets everybody know that the TV match is canceled. Uh, Aaron, uh, he tells us that Aaron Stevens just tried to set something up. Aaron Stevens is trying to be a locker room leader here. We got to get a match going for power tonight. And uh, he's trying to arrange it. Uh, he's going to go into more detail here, but he's interrupted by the great American smash, Tyrus. And of course, when you get Tyrus, you get yourself some universal heartthrob, Austin Idol as well. Uh, Austin goes on a tirade, mostly regarding Pope, saying they've already beaten him. This is bull. He's just dodging us. He doesn't want to deal with us. Who is Sal Renaro and Colby Carino, and why do they get a title shot when Tyrus is out here and deserves a shot again? Pope barely escaped the first time. Tyrus has beaten him in an exhibition. Uh, this is, I mean, he's just really laying it in. Uh, Tyrus even goes to speak, but they're interrupted. Pope's done. Pope is out there, and he has had enough. He's heard enough, and he doesn't want anybody to think he's dodging Tyrus. He jumps right in the ring and says, let's do this right here, right now. Let's go. No more talking. Tyrus, for his credit, he seems eager to jump in there with the Pope, but Austin Idol backs him up. Uh, Will, what do you think here? Like, what's what's Idol thinking? And uh, I mean, is, is Pope? I, I don't know. You know, you had the argument at the commentary position, like Velvet Sky thought that 
Uh, Ida was playing games. Tim Storm thought Pope called his bluff. Uh, where, where, where are you landing in this situation? So I'm going to come from a little different perspective. <clears throat> and, you know, regardless of, of personal opinions or personal preference about, uh, you know, Austin Idol on the microphone, his his antics or, or Tyrus for that matter, um, we do have a situation where the Pope was ready for a match. He was conditioned. He was he was already focused. I mean, it was going to be Sal Renaro, which is a little different than Tyrus. Uh, so it's a little bit of a different mindset. But he was ready for a match. And when he heard that talking, uh, he came out because he's ready. He's ready to go. He was he was psyched up backstage and uh, and came out. And Tyrus. Uh, never really backs down from a challenge. So he was ready to hop in the ring and to do this thing right now. But I think Austin Idol, um, as uh, you know, whether he's your cup of tea or not, the dude's experienced and he knows a thing or two about the wrestling business and how it works. And he knows enough to know, hey, I'm not letting my unprepared client get in the ring with a guy who is already conditioned, already in the mindset for a title defense. And uh, so I think it was smart of Austin Idol to to send Tyrus to the back. He said, no, not right now, not right now. Now, I get where everybody's coming from, um, that, you know, they did seemingly come out and, and declare war on Pope. And then when he showed up, they kind of backed down. But uh, we're, we're talking about Austin Idol and Tyrus, who obviously have a plan, a long-term plan. And it's something that's been going on for a while. And tonight was just not the night to see the culmination of that plan. So I think we're definitely going to see it, but uh, that that's my perspective on what went down tonight. Doc, we're dealing with something. I mean, see, is this similar to the Colby situation? Like what, what's going through these men's head? I mean, is Pope like succumbing to his anger here too, or what do you think? Uh, Pope is an emotional guy. I've got, I'm just so pleased with, with what I've heard from Will tonight. Virtually everything that Will has said tonight's been spot on, and uh, he's a completely. I, you, I, I, I am fair. I am objective. You know, I, I'm true. I'm the logic in this in the bearded trio. I'm like the middle. <laughs> well, you're 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 speaking the truth tonight. Uh, the bottom line is this: wrestling a lot of times comes down to timing comes down to timing you got to pick battles you got to not only pick your battles but pick when you wage the battle austin idol knows this we're talking about the man who on april 27th 1987 defeated jerry the king lawler in one of the most historic matches of all time the hair versus hair steel cage match that's who we're talking about uh, this man is deliberate again we were talking about this earlier when it came to taryn terrell he is deliberate he knows what he's doing Tonight was not the time to take on a, a highly energized, highly emotional, highly motivated um, Pope, especially when when Tyrus was not prepared to come out there and engage in a match against a world-class competitor. So um, Will is 100% correct. I agree entirely with him. wasn't the time. The time is coming. It was not tonight. Kudos to Austin Idol. The um, managerial genius uh, shines through again. Well, why don't you guys just hold hands and go frolic through the lilies together? I'll just sit over in my deep corner of space. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so, all right. I think both of you got a good point, though. And uh, it is just interesting uh, to, to see this play out. And I, I don't know. It's 
Hope's still got two more defenses to go. Presumably one of those is going to be Sal Renaro. If Sal, God help him, if he recovers from this and, and when he recovers from this and uh, so Sal took a nasty bump. So who those two are going to be, we don't know for certain. There's definitely one that's completely up in the air and Tyrus is working very hard to make that him. So we're going to find out if that happens. Uh, so in the place of this TV title match that we were promised, we had to get a replacement. Uh, we got Aaron Stevens and Kratos apparently coming together, like I was mentioning before, as locker room leaders. These two guys threw together a six-man tag match. And not only that, they decided to uh, join opposite teams, and they each picked their own guys and wanted to have an exhibition with each other. And uh, I, I thought the idea was kind of fun, personally. Like, I, I kind of dug that. So Aaron Stevens... He comes out, his people are the big strong man Mims. That guy, uh, one of uh, the NWA fam's favorite rookies. And uh, of course, Captain Yuba, uh, who we saw uh, at the, uh, was it the pre-show, I think, uh, for When Our Shadows Fall. And uh, so Captain Yuba making his return, or maybe his debut, I guess, on NWA Power. And they took on Kratos and his partners, Hawks Airy. Uh, so two very talented men there in Hawks area, father-son tag team, uh, potential challengers for those NWA tag team titles, if you ask me. Nobody did, but I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, it was hard to know what to think here because of how Kratos has acted in the past. Uh, he is still all about competition, so I guess I can't hate on him for that. He's just very serious and straightforward when he steps between the ropes. Uh, he wasn't going for the show of respect with everybody like Bump and Fist. And, uh, but on the flip side, uh, the beauty part here was, I think, Will, you'd appreciate this. The tag champs, uh, seem to have more cohesion than they've had in a long time. You know, since when our shadows fall, they seem to be on the same page again. And it's nice to see if you're going to carry those tag belts, these guys, these guys are doing, they hang out in their old quarter, except, uh, when they get dragged in, uh, Mibs, uh, brings in Stevens at one point and then, uh, Yuma interestingly asked for Kratos, uh, much to his detriment, that did not go well for Yuma. Uh, <laughs> all of this is a fun showcase uh, for some of our new roster members, which I really appreciated from the tag champs. It's showing some, uh, you know, some humbleness. They're they're putting over some of the younger guys here, and uh, but then, uh, as most of the tag action here this season so far has ended up, La Rebellion comes out. And they're done with this. Bestia and Wolf are out. They're basically saying they've been all over the world. They've fought the best. And here they are in the prestigious NWA. And this, this is what you're offering. Uh, this is a mockery of the sport and those tag team titles. Uh, Wolf wants a Puerto Rican flag hanging up in the studio too, but that's a different discussion. Uh, Yuma laying on the outside in this particular, uh, from, from his uh, ill-advised attempt at battling Kratos, uh, he is immediately attacked by La Rebellion, and uh, Kratos actually comes in for the save, but he's also double teamed. But soon, it's six on two. Uh, Aaron Stevens also with a chair, which Tim Storm called the equalizer, but it was six on two. So, you know, Tim, come on. Uh, anyway, they chase La Rebellion on. Will, you're the tag team guy in our group. How'd you feel about this whole situation? Just uh, your analysis. Yeah, I'm... <clears throat> I'm going to give you my, my unfiltered uh, uh, reaction to this. And um, there's a couple of things, you know, I, I am, I hold in the utmost respect 
the NWA tag team titles. And it's been well documented on this show over the past several months that, you know, I've wanted to see Aaron Stevens and Kratos be on the same page. I want the people that hold those belts to hold them in, in high regard, to team up, to be tag team experts, to, to be the best tag team in all the world. That, that's what you're representing when you hold those belts. But tonight just did not feel like the way to do that. Cause you're right. That's the, they did seem like they were on the same page more so than they've been in the last few months. And they were literally on opposing sides of the ring in this match. So I get the sentiment behind the match. I get, Hey, we had space to fill Aaron Stevens. I'm a locker room leader. Let me get with my tag partner. We'll put a little exhibition match together. But part of me cringes a little bit because I, you know, Rob says I'm a newbie, but I grew up on Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors, the Midnight Express. I grew up on tag teams that you would not ever catch on opposite sides of the ring, regardless of the circumstance. And so that was something that just felt a little weird to me. And then when La Rebellion comes out, who I love, by the way, because these guys embody what what a tag team is, whether you think they're too dirty or what you know too brutal or whatever these guys are on the same page they embody you know brutal legit tag team wrestling and i had to agree with some of the points they were making to sit there on opposite sides of the ring even though it was an exhibition match you know they were a little bit making a mockery of those titles and so again i get the sentiment of why the match was happening but as as a guy who is craving some tag team competition, which we have. We've talked about this. We've got in the NWA right now, we've got a stacked tag team division. And I'm just ready to see some some tag team matches, not six-man tag matches where the champions are on opposite sides. I don't know. Hmm. There's a lot to unpack here, uh, my young Padawan. <laughs> Because uh, in fact, uh, in fact, the Rock and Roll Express and the Road Warriors, uh, at one point or another, were on opposite sides of the rings. Maybe not as tag teams, but as adversaries. But I think it bel- it belies the point of what happened tonight, and that is that in in you know uh, we had a planned national or a TV title match between uh, between the Pope and Sauronaro that wasn't able to take place. So so Aaron Stevens exercising some locker room leadership comes to an accord with Kratos, who we, you guys have been concerned about. I haven't been concerned about the whole time. I've said, look, Kratos is a hired mercenary. He's there for a purpose. And tonight it seemed to me that they were absolutely on the same page and things have come around. I mean, in organizational leadership, you go through periods of friction, this and that, as you build cohesion, but it seems tonight, even though they were on opposite sides of the page, they were there to fill in some time to do a goodwill exhibition, which they did. Um, and uh, I don't see a problem with it. Uh, now, that's my first point. My second point is about La Rebellion. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, it's been a long time since a team has given me chills like this team has. Now, and I, I know this is going to might be controversial because certain teams are sacred, and, and they are, and I agree they are sacred, but you have to go back to a team like the Road Warriors, to, to find someone that brings the intensity, the meanness, maybe not quite the size, but the intrigue, the fear factor that La Rebellion bring into this division. And I think that there's an open road 
straight to the tag team championship if, if Aaron Stevens and Kratos aren't on the same page. But that being said, it seems to me that right now we're getting to the point where Kratos and, and Aaron Stevens are at an understanding. They have a, a healthy working relationship, and I thought that was well demonstrated tonight. I actually think that's well said, Doc. I don't think you're you're out of line at all on the Road Warriors comparison in the in the fact that you talked about the fear factor idea. There's something very scary about La Rebellion. And you know, it's funny, like just thinking about it now. I mean, this is this has been a tale to this week about the you know, one of one of the things people love about the NWA is that prize fight wrestling aspect of it. And it's like anytime there's something that gets mildly light-hearted somebody is ready to slap you down like as quick as you can that, that we're serious here we we're gonna get it done and you know so whether it be sal renaro or uh even austin idol you know thinking he's gonna flap his gums and not face repercussions the pope's immediately out there to challenge as well you know and and that's not to say that tyrus is a joke or anything like that. I don't mean that by any means, please Tyrus, if you're watching, that's not what I meant, but my, that my point like being, what, pretty much sound like what you said, Gary. That's why don't, I don't know this guy. Uh, Tyrus, Mr. Tyrus, I don't know this guy. So don't, I don't, he doesn't <laughs> speak for me. I'm just saying you don't say stuff or you, you don't talk crap. If you're not ready to back it up in the NWA, and you don't go out there and play around without expecting the possibility that somebody is looking for your spot and they're going to come out ready to hurt you to get it. And so that's that's the situation we're in. We saw that again here in the six-man tag. I, I don't have a problem with Kratos in so much as like who he is as a person. My thing was always just that what's going on with him and Aaron Stevens. Don't get me wrong. Him and Aaron Stevens on the same page, that's a lethal force. Well, they're the tag team champions. That's how you get the tag team champions. Let's not forget who they beat to get the tag team champions. The Eli Drake and James Storm. I mean, that was no slouch of a team. That's an amazing team. And Aaron Kratos or Aaron Stevens and Kratos got it done. So I, I'm all for them being the tag team champions. I think they're worthy. And the kind of person that could be lighthearted in the ring and get away with it isn't Aaron Stevens because did you guys see Aaron Stevens in the ring today when it was an exhibition? My God, that man can wrestle. That guy can go, and uh, he is just—he is fun to watch. Actually, just wrestling and his humor and his lightheartedness and all that goes along with it. But he's able to back it up when it's time to back it up, and uh, so I think that's something that Kratos has learned to start to respect about him. I, I feel like is is what's happening with those two guys, and so you know, I, La Rebellion—they're scary, they're fast, they're dangerous, but. I mean, if they think that Kratos and Aaron Stevens are a joke, you don't get those titles by being a joke. So they they better be ready for that. Also, big guys, real, real big guys. Aaron Stevens is like seven feet tall, it feels like. But anyway, I don't know how tall he really is. Well, you're you're only four foot three, so <laughs> it might seem like he's seven foot tall, but he's definitely so, over six feet. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that feels fair. Everybody feels like they're 10 feet tall to me. Uh so, guys, anyway, we're going to move on to the second half of the show. Thank you so much for everybody who's in the chat right now. We love you. We appreciate you. Please stick around. We want to get your thoughts at the end of this. But also, just wanted to take a quick second to tell you, we three are the Bearded Trio. We're from a show called This Is Pro Wrestling. You can follow us on all the podcast platforms that 
you can find. Uh, we're on YouTube at youtube.com slash this is pro wrestling. And uh, we're on all of the socials at TIPW show. We would be blessed if you would come by and give us a follow and a like and all of that stuff. We're, we're grateful to be here representing the NWA uh, with our old opinions, as the uh, thing says up front. But uh, just uh, it's, it's nice to be here and celebrate NWA Power with you guys. It's also our fav- one of our favorite nights of the week. Hashtag NWA Power. And uh, thanks for being part of the hashtag NWA fam. All right. So May Valentine, again, has Crimson and Jack staying in the back. Crimson talking up Slice, saying he's got what it takes. He's good. He's tough. Yada, yada, yada. But... He got too deep with two grown men, and uh, he got taught a lesson. And that seems fair enough. Uh, Now, if you recall in that no-DQ grudge match, Crimson uh, had him beat, then went for a chair. Jax ended up stopping him. And Jax gets asked by May why he intervened in favor of Slice Boogie to to break up the match when Crimson, you know, clearly had him. And... uh, Jack says he feels like things were going a little bit too far, like that he's a good kid. And maybe at a certain point, you know, he's always got his brother's back. You'd never leave your wing, man. But maybe this was a little bit too much and Crimson didn't need to do all that. Crimson seems a little bit taken aback by this. And Jax continues that, look, he's got something to talk to Crimson about. He can't do it right this second, uh, but maybe they can do it later. Crimson's ready for it to happen right now. Jack says later, we'll do it on power, but later and so that kind of wraps that up uh rob what are the what is going on here between the war kings this has to be the kind of story that you love gary because you love to stow to stir up stuff to stir drama where no drama exists you know what i mean you repeatedly like to can you tell me what i said about that that was not neutral no i'm saying knowing you knowing you you uh, jack hold on on, gary jackson crimson said they're brothers (laughs) We're brothers. I know how you are. I know how you like to stir the drama. You stir the pot, man. You, they, there's no. That's why they call you Clickbait Gary. Okay, you earn that title through lots of keyboard worrying and this and that. You know, the bottom line is this: you heard what Jack Stain said. You heard the man. He said, "Look, Slice Boogie's a good kid with a bright future. I thought you took it too far. It's going to be okay between Crimson and Jack Stain. There's nothing more than that. That's all that is." Do you feel that way, Will? Do you feel like there's nothing going on here at all? It just it's just two buddies being buddies. <clears throat> there's there's definitely not nothing going on. And that was very clear with, with Jack Stain's reply tonight. Um and it's the first time I've ever seen Jack Stain kind of at a loss for words. He didn't really know how to, you know, say what he wanted to. He said, you know, we'll wait and we'll talk about this later. Uh and that was kind of interesting to me. Um, it's just more, I mean, these conversations continue to to break my heart as a tag team guy, because we have these great tag teams that just seem to not be able to totally get on the same page. And that's fine. It happens. I get your point, Rob, that happens with brothers. It happens all the time. Um, but something's got to be hashed out here. And uh, I'm hoping it'll be next week on power. We'll get some, have the conversation that we need to have as Jack Stane alluded to, but you know, it, it, it just seems to me that if these guys were on the same page, it would have been, Hey, slice boogie messed with us. They both would have just taken him out 
and there would have been no mercy and they would have moved on and tried to go back to try to get the, another shot at those tag titles. And that's, that's what it should have been. So there's clearly something going on that we don't know about. I'm not going to speculate on what that is doc, but I will say there's, you know, it's, if everything was all, all, you know, gravy cake, as we like to say, then Jack Stain would have just been like, Oh yeah. You know, I just wanted you to win and let's be, let's be done with it. Let's move on. Let's, let's go work our way back into the, to the title picture, but that's not what happened. There's clearly more going on and we're going to find out what that is. Well, we'll take a doc to school. Uh, no, 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 no. no. I'm just, I'm not trying to stir you up, doc. I'm not, oh, trying to stir you up. I'm not trying to stir you up. Hey, so Kyle welcomes two contenders out for the NWA national title. It's JTG and Chris Adonis. Adonis, of course, has Latimer along with him. See, I knew we had to go ahead and get to this segment because who knows how long this will take. Uh, JTG reiterates uh, from the last time we heard from him, he's here for one reason and one reason only, and that is gold. Adonis might have walked under a ladder, broke a mirror or something, but he's the unlucky guy that's across the ring from him and standing in his way. When they meet, it's going to be war. Chris Adonis says, if anybody's ready for war, look at you, JTG. You've got no friends. Nobody's around you. I have an insurance policy called Strictly Business. Now, you, we could, there's a lot to unpack there. We could think, you know, who knows what he means by that. But which, of course, you know, moving on. That aside, one person who can't stand a bully is Mr. No Days Off, Fred Rosser. He was about to go out and hit the ATL when he hears this mess. So naturally he had to come out. If JTG needs backup, he ain't hard to find. See, Fred could have gone out of town, but luckily for JTG, he gave himself a nickname that required him to show up for work today. So there he is. <laughs> and, uh, fellas, when these two meet next week for the national title, it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to this one. Bro. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I, I, it's an understatement for to, to just say simply I'm looking forward to it uh, and seeing those two guys at the, well, three, four guys eventually at the podium um, was just a reminder that, you know, I, you know, despite where you land on, on triple threat matches or whatever, despite our, our conversations about how we got here, just seeing JTG, Jay, the God and Chris Adonis standing there, I was just like, man, give me this match. I am ready for this match because this is a, a true national championship match because both of these guys are worthy to be there. They've earned their spot there. Both of them would look great with that strap on, and both of them would represent the NWA in a way that really embodies, in my opinion, what the national championship is. And I'm saying that about Chris Adonis too, doc. So before, so don't, yeah, you can make all your hand. I'm saying Chris Adonis is a great representation of the NWA as well. So take that for what it's worth. So I'm excited about this match. I'm excited about what's going to happen. And uh, it's going to be one of those just epic prize fights in my opinion. So despite all the extracurricular conversation that I'm sure we're going to get into now, I just wanted to say, I am ready for this match. I'm ready to have a true national champion again, and uh, I can't wait. Well, you've got a true national champion. You've got a true (laughs) national champion, Will, and his name is Chris Adonis. You would be, and and you've done such a good job tonight, Will. You've done such a good job tonight. I have to tell you, you would be a phenomenal politician. 
What do you feel about the economy, candidate uh, Will Martin? Oh, I believe in a strong economy. What do you feel about, what's your favorite music type? Oh, I like all music types. Bruh, come on now. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are dead wrong about this. This match should not take place. Nobody earned their spot here except for Chris Adonis. Chris Adonis is the one true real national champion. Now, I know y'all got your little go-to. Oh, but Nick Aldis made him drop the belt to be in the 14-man battle royal, which was connived by Conspiracy Corrigan. It was all a part of this big, huge conspiracy involving all of the power brokers in the NWA. And I'm talking about the very top, Conspiracy Corrigan, Irish Pat Kenny, Jerry Mander, Joe Galley, all of them to orchestrate a series of events to stack the deck against Strictly Business. Now, Chris Adonis comes out and says, oh, I've got Strictly Business. And you guys just assume that he means that, you know, I've got someone to back me up in the corner. And what you don't realize is that what he's talking about is he doesn't have to worry about the creature comforts of life because he's part of a legitimate Fortune 500 company. The man's got a a 401k. The man's got stocks and bonds. He's got a retirement plan. He's got investments. That's what it means to be part of Strictly Business. That's what he's talking about. Don't jump to conclusions. Listen to what the man says. The man, he Chris Adonis. His insurance policy. He says exactly. specifically, JTG, you've got he has no the friends, best and I have. He, he has no friends, and he has the best insurance policy, Blue Cross Blue Shield. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. <laughs> but but anyway, maybe maybe you might ought to edit that out of this feed. But but uh, this is live, Rob. So just I just want to reiterate: this is the thoughts and opinions of just us as individuals, not the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, okay, go ahead, Rob. By the way, do you uh, you know Nathan in the chat was pointing out? Do you know what the word relinquish means? By the way, uh, do you know what like, the word compulsion means? Do you know what the word capriciousness means? Do you know what the word conspiracy means? Yeah, I saw the episode. I saw, I was there when it happened, Mr. Eric Jones. I saw it happen. But you have to be smarter than that. See, these jokers right here, they just read the script that's fed to them. But you have to look at the, 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 the network of intrigue that's going on behind the scenes that forced them to make that decision. And we, If there had been a 14-man battle royal, which was set up to rob Nick Aldis of the World's Heavyweight Championship, that you could not put any person in there if they held a title. If you hadn't had that ridiculous stipulation in place, you never would have gotten to this point in the first place. And that's what I'm talking about. Chris Adonis never lost the championship. He is the real one true national champion. I'm going to promise you. I will promise you right now. I am so confident. Well, I'm 90% confident because I know JTG and I know the man's a world-class talent. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the NWA. But I'm 90% confident when all the dust is settled, at the end of the day, the conspiracy will be exposed. The, the guesswork will be out of the, you know, out of the way. Your national champion is going to be Chris Adonis, and Strictly Business is going to control every single major championship in this company. Bank on it. All right. Well, um, I guess I'll just take that one and move on here. Uh, excited about the match as well. JTG versus Chris Adonis is going to be next week for the national title, and it's going to be good. So, uh, by the way, Eric Jones, I love you. And I thank you for participating in the chat, man. Oh, there it it's is. Fun in a free country, we get to disagree. But I'm the politician. 
Yes. <laughs> Listen to this. That makes sense. That makes sense. He still wants your vote, Eric. Count no, I don't, vote, I, I'm the kind of guy that gets appointed to task force because I get junk done. You're, you guys are the people that get, that get elected because you tell the people what they want to hear. I get junk done. You guys tell people what they want to hear. That's the difference. Right. But nevertheless, the chat, I got to show some love. And Eric Jones, nothing personal, man. It's a good, it's, it's, it's all good fun. Oh, Joe Lobbin in the chat. Uh, TIPW 10 hats in the store soon. So uh, <laughs> excited about that. Be on the lookout for those folks. Uh, heart to heart tonight. May Valentine. Lots of, it's like the May Valentine show this evening. May Val no, no complaints, by the way. Good to see May. She is all over, up and down this show. Uh, she is sitting here with the mystery man. Uh, she wants to introduce him, but who can? You don't really know who he is. Uh, he says nobody needs to know who he is right now. Not important. He's a pro wrestler. He's here to talk about professional wrestling. He says that he spent his life perfecting his craft, ready to be the best technical wrestler in the world. That's why he's there. That's why he's signed to show his love of professional wrestling. May I ask if there's anything about his background in pro wrestling you'd like to share? No, there isn't. There's one man who knows my background, and it's WPC. Uh, that's William Patrick Corgan, for those not in the know. Uh, part of the deal was strange, that he... Strange, strange that he's got his hands in this. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, anyway, part of the deal was that it all stays secret and how there's an unknown showing up with this much training, all of that. Uh, main thing you need to know, his goal is to be the champion. When you have motivation like his, nobody can stop you. Nobody works as hard as he does. He has committed his life to this. Uh, May still tries to press a bit after that, but he just tells her what you can expect from me when I am in the ring. You're going to see something like you've never seen intensity and the best technical wrestling you've seen in your entire life. So mystery man with a lot of bold promises there without revealing too much about himself. He's at least uh, telling you he's uh, to, to expect that he's a dominant force. He wants to be a world champion. He's that's what he's there for, which I mean, I guess that's the reason you should be there. But doc, how, how, are you, how are you taking to the mystery man so far? Well, first of all, let me say how I'm taking to Mae Valentine. Uh, Mae Valentine, if she can get herself and, and stay away from the influence of gerrymander Joe Galley and Conspiracy Corgan, she is going to be one of the great wrestling journalists. She goes in and she goes straight for the jugular, man. She asks the questions that everyone's thinking. She is relentless. She is fantastic. Her craft has become better and better and better and better. She has grown so much since her initial appearances on the original episodes of NWA Power three, four seasons ago. I cannot be more pleased with Mae Valentine and her journalistic ability. I'm just hoping for integrity from her because if I know anything about what, if my instincts about what's happening right now in the media outlets in the NWA are, are, are holding true, they're coming after her and they're going to want to steer her to be part of the mouthpiece that engineers the, the corruption behind this company. But secondly, point two, well, that was point A. This is that Chattanooga internet acting up again. No, that's conspiracy Corgan dog. Oh, Cut him right oh, out. No. He's, he's just saying he's, he's censored. Like, he's like, I had enough of Doc. That's it. Pulling the plug on him. Oh man. Doc stud. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Will, <laughs> you have thoughts on whoa. Oh, oh. What's he We'll let him yeah. get. We'll let him get caught up there. Uh, uh, Will, how do you feel about the mystery man? <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it's definitely intriguing. It's definitely, um, you know, a lot of, of questions. And I, I totally uh, respect Mae Valentine and her, you know, line yeah, of questioning. Was, okay, that, now he's that's okay. Talking about. I had to go to my VPN because you've got the, the doggone executives at the NWA cut me off, cut me off mid-statement. That's exactly what just happened. So now I'm forced here in a free country to use a VPN to get through this so that I can't be cut off. I don't think that means what so, you think it means. What does VPN stand uh, for? SPO, SPO. Do you know what VPN stands for? Yeah, I know what it is, man. I know what it is. Don't, yeah. don't try to. No, hold on now. What was I saying? Something about a conspiracy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there probably. is a conspiracy going. On. I so usually, we secondly, <laughs> usually when you get into when you get into that space, I start like planning out my to do list for tomorrow over here, and I just so I'm not sure exactly what you were saying, but something about a conspiracy. Go ahead. Right. So point B, point B, is that uh, um, if the man's talking about being technically proficient, I'm game. That's what I'm about. I'm about history, legacy, tradition, technical wrestling. I want to hear it. But then I get to point gold, right? Point gold is that he is here. The only person who knows who he is is William Patrick Corgan. It's funny. I feel like I'm just hearing an echo. It seems like all night tonight we've been talking about the shenanigans, the balderdashery, the tomfoolery of President William Patrick Corgan from the conspiracy series, the points-based conspiracy series, to the national championship scandal that's going on right now against Chris Adonis to this. Where does the depravity end? That's what I want to know. And Listen, you guys want to address You're going off about this as though your boys and girl over at Strictly Business aren't sitting there, one about to go into a national title shot, one holding the top prize at all of professional wrestling, one holding the top prize yes. at all of uh, professional wrestling for on the women's but don't you side. don't you don't you interrupt me first of all they, they got all that what you said is true but it's not because of president corgan it's in spite of president corgan they got all that because that's how great they are you know what i mean yeah. they got it in spite of them not because of it so don't try to act like like they've had a, 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 a silver spoon stuck in their mouth these people have earned every single one of these accomplishments in spite of everything being stacked against them from the executives to the producers to the media outlets to you guys. Every week we have to deal with this chicanery that's going on in the NWA, and there's only five or six people in the world that can see it, and I'm shocked at how blind you guys are. Listen, when Camille won that world title, I stood up on my feet and gave her the standing ovation. Like, I, I was proud of Camille. She earned that title. It's not everybody in Strictly Business that I'm against. I some people is strictly business and I'm questionable of your morals and ethics right now. If you continue to support some of their decision-making, that's all. We can have that debate right now, man. If you got two hours right now, we can have a, a, a Lincoln Douglas style debate. If you know what that means right now. And I promise you, you don't want this debate. You don't want this argument, Gary. You don't want this well, argument. Not tonight, because we got more show to cover. We're already an hour in. So uh, the <laughs> next thing up is more May Valentine. She's with Thunder Rosa in the back. It's the May show. It might as well be May Power. May Power. I'm fine. I like that. Yeah. I May like Power. That. Yeah. That's that my right. shirt. Who's running that store? Uh, NW, or NationalWrestlingAlliance.com. 
hit that up. I'll make it happen. Do it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so May is with Thunder. And well, Thunder's just basically talking about Melita and how she's just getting involved with everything and just pissing a lot of people off. Is basically that's a quote. That's a, and uh, so locker room's not very happy. Melina's just uh, inserting herself into lots of different situations. And so Thunder is just saying that tonight with Kylie Ray, don't expect anything else. She's sitting this one out. This is Melina and this is Kylie Ray one on one in our main event. And, uh, and guys, that's what we get. We get Kylie Ray versus Melina main event. Uh, thanks again, Joe Galley, for the shout out right at the beginning of this, first and foremost. And uh, we're grateful for Joe Galley in that way. Uh, Joe, that's the only way Rob's grateful for you, Joe, but we like you. <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, what is there to say about Kylie Ray and Melina except that these are two of the top competitors in professional wrestling right now? And they took it to each other, and it was brutal. Kylie. Uh, they have, uh, I think Velvet, her commentary was on point during this match, and she's she brings that perspective. And, and so Velvet's very good here, but she points out that Kylie probably felt like she owed Melina too much respect during this match, like taking it easy, like trying to play it cool and just have a professional wrestling match. And Melina was very clearly a gr the aggressor and coming at her with guns ablazing. Kylie did not need to hold back in any way, Melina did not expect that. Uh, nor anticipate that it would happen. So uh, anyway, long story short there, uh, great technical wrestling match between these two women. It looked like Melina had the win, but Kylie surprises her with that super kick and gets the one, two, three. Uh, I, I loved the hell out of this match, guys. These two women went to town, and it was a great main event for this episode of NWA Power. How do you guys feel? Fantastic main event. I mean, Melina reminding us of, of why she's a legend, how she's gotten to where she is now, uh, hasn't lost a step at all, stepping into the ring with, um, you know, uh, 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 somebody like Kylie Ray, who has established herself, um, but she's new to the NWA. And Kylie Ray reminding us of why she's one of the hottest new signees in the National Wrestling Alliance this season. I mean, this was everything uh, a main event should be. And I love it because kind of one of the themes of this episode, we had a lot of, of focus on women's wrestling and it was just, uh, it just continued to light the, the spark inside of me for NWA empower on August 28th from the chase ballroom in St. Louis, because that is going to be an epic event. We talked about it earlier in the show, but the women's roster on the NWA is stacked like it's never been stacked before. And the fact that we got a main event tonight, the caliber of Kylie Ray versus Molina and not, not only that, but the match itself was such a great hard fought solid professional wrestling prize fight match that it really did drive home the point to me that empower is going to be a, a an event to not only pay attention to because it's it's breaking new ground in the nwa but if you're a wrestling fan you need to watch every second of it and you need to make sure you get there if you can and uh, at the very least watch it on fight tv because it's going to be an, an incredible event. And to me, this was one step closer to that, but it was also the kind of the next chapter in whatever's going on at, at in this point of the women's division where, you know, you've got Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb with obviously some unfinished business last week. And you had Kylie Ray coming out, getting some props from Serena Deeb. You had Sky Blue coming out, getting some props from Thunder Rosa. And then Molina, who has already earned 
all the respect that she deserves and and is afforded to her in her career but obviously it's just that's not sitting well with her and so she wants to reestablish herself and so it's just a great match Kali Ray comes out on top which was um, incredible for her and um, yeah it was a great main event man uh this match was a fantastic match. It was an intense match. And uh, I keep thinking, I'm like, Kylie Ray, so likable, so adorable. But I'm reminded of what uh, of something that my good my good friend Tony Adams would always say when he would like to sing Journey tunes. You know, uh, uh, just a small town girl living in a lonely world. And that's what you think of when you think of Kylie Ray. But did you see her turn the intensity on in this match against Melina, one of the great veterans of the sport? Like Kylie Ray, smiling Kylie Ray comes out, it's cute as a button, you know, very tentative, very congenial. But when, you know, the the rubber hit the road, man, it was intensity. And by the by, you know, four or five minutes in this match, this was a brutal match, a very physical match on both sides. Um, I was pleased to see uh, Melina, you know, giving the effort that she's known for, and I was pleased to see Kylie Ray come out with a very hard earned uh, win. And this, again, speaks to what we were saying earlier about this women's division shaping up to be one of the most important women's divisions in the landscape of professional wrestling as we know it today. Kudos, standing ovation to both of these women for a fantastic match. And guys, just think about it. I mean, this match already could go either way. And uh, Kylie Ray happened to kept, come out on top here, catching Melina with that super kick. But imagine, if you will, that Kylie Ray walks into this thing immediately as aggressive as Melina or imagine if you will, Melina walks into this thing at 100% because let's not forget, she's bouncing back from a serious leg injury. She wasn't even thinking that she was going to be wrestling yet. And she's already back. And if there's anybody, she's a veteran with experience in the truest sense of the word. Like she is just, she has been there and done that. She is a world traveled world champion in, in every way. And, Melina still got a lot left of the tank, man. She took it to Kylie, and Kylie got that shot in that got the pin. But you have this match again tomorrow, and I'm not sure the outcome's the same. So it, I, I would love to see these two ladies step step in and, and do it one more time. So uh, a lot to look forward to in the women's division. Just think about that for a second. Uh, just we opened and closed with two fantastic women's wrestling matches that just showed the stacked deck that the uh nwa has right now in terms of a women's division like these these women are ready to play and who even knows who could still show up for empower on august 28th at uh the chase ballroom in st louis missouri and not to mention nwa 73 we already know mickey james is going to be in competition at that one and who's she gonna face could it be melina could it be kylie ray lady frost shit aside any one of them would be quite a match to have with Mickey James. And uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, hopefully everybody in the chat's doing well. I tried to add you in there a little bit and talk to you guys. Tony Justice, it's good to see you. Rosville, uh, everybody. Sin, thanks for being here the whole time. Green 74, Nathan, uh, front row, of course. And uh, everybody, just thanks so much, Fee, for being here too. And uh, do you guys have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap this episode up? We've gone a little long here, it seems like. 
Uh, no, just uh, the typical stuff. As Gary mentioned earlier, uh, go subscribe to our channel, uh, youtube.com slash this is pro wrestling. That would mean a lot to us. Um, and stay tuned for, for some stuff over there. We've got some cool stuff coming up. And uh, join our Discord, which is our pinned tweet on um, twitter.com slash at TIPW show is our handle over on Twitter. Um, come join our Discord. It's a lot of fun, great community. And uh, we, we continue the conversation over there. So come join us. Yeah, here we are uh, just about mid-season here on NWA Power uh, Season 5, and things are heating up, man. Lots of great stuff going on. Th this was a fantastic episode. The intrigue is just growing thicker and thicker. We appreciate everyone that joins us religiously and, and faithfully every week. Don't forget, to, uh, as Will said, to go over to our, uh, our social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us there. Definitely follow us on YouTube. That helps us out on our other projects that we've got going on on other nights of the week. But we appreciate all of you guys. You're always going to get fair, honest discussion here, safe discussion. We may not always agree, but we'll do it in a respectful way. That's exactly right. Uh, always happy to hang out with the hashtag NWA fam. You're our people. We we love and appreciate every single one of you. And uh, and just for, for what it's worth right here at the end of the show, just want to say I see it sometimes all over Twitter and everywhere else. Uh, just keep in mind that, uh, you know, the tickets will go uh, on sale for the St. Louis show. I have it on good authority. That you'll hear something soon. So just be a little bit more patient. Uh, they're trying to work out all the kinks to make sure this is the most epic weekend of wrestling you could possibly have. This is their Diana Ross moment. This is the NWA. They're coming out, baby. It's time. It's NWA 73. It's in power. It's two days of tapings in the Chase Ballroom in St. Louis, Missouri, August 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. It's going to be epic like you cannot believe i think they got a lot of stuff planned too so just be a little bit more patient it's going to be a lot of fun we can't wait to see you there because you can bet the bearded trio is going to be there and we hope all of the hashtag nwa fam is as well thanks for, for everybody being here and until next time you guys enjoy your gravy cake